Debbie Marcuse, licensed by the Department of Financial Institutions and MLS ID 237926. Also licensed in Arizona, 0941504. Florida, L076508. Georgia, 69178. Idaho, Nevada, 57237. Oregon, Tennessee, 184373. Texas, Washington, MLO 237926. Hi, this is Debbie Marcoux, host of the Mortgage Mom Radio Show. Do you have questions that you want to ask? Have you been thinking about real estate, buying, selling, a mortgage? How do you get one? First-time buyer? Well, you've got to tune in to our show. It's live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. You can follow along, ask us your questions anonymously right into the feed. Get your answers. How do you do that? Will you text the word MOM to 844-935-3634. That's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. Text the word MOM to that number and you'll get a link once a week to watch us film live, ask your questions, and get your answers. She's a mortgage mom. She can get things done. When you're in need and don't know where to go, pick up the phone and call mom. All right, well, welcome to Mortgage Mom Radio. I'm Debbie Marcoux, and I have Miss Heidi Slagle points with me. How you doing today, Heidi? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. So this is Mortgage Mom Radio. If you've never listened before, you've never joined us on a live session on Wednesdays, what do we do? Well, we bring you all of the education and information that you need about all things real estate. So whether you're purchasing a home, buying, uh, sorry, not buying, of course, that's a purchase, uh, <laughs> refinancing a home, if you're trying to pull out cash, if you're buying your second property, your first investment, maybe you don't have the income to qualify for a full income documentation because you're self-employed. So we talk about bank statement loans. We've got all of the nitty gritty information that you need about real estate. If you guys want to, you can go back and you can watch all of the shows that we've done. We've been doing this live now since the beginning of 2020 when I twisted Heidi's arm and I said, hey, guess what? Instead of doing this at the studio behind the camera on radio, <laughs> no camera involved, we are going live on YouTube. And so you've got uh, almost, we're almost at the end of 2021. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> it's nope. crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, I, I've already been texting my nieces and nephews. What do you want for Christmas? And they're like, huh? I'm like, look, I'm getting ahead of it. Let's go. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so we uh, we have almost two years of episodes that we have done live on Wednesdays. And if you'd like to see us do the show live on Wednesday, all you got to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. So if you t type in Mortgage Mom Radio, you will find us. If you want a link once a week to know that we do go live, you don't want to count on YouTube to make sure that they let you know, uh, all you need to do is send a text message. So you're going to send the text. It's the word mom, M-O-M, to 844-935-3634. Heidi, what's that spell? Spells 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU, W-E-L-E-N-D, and the number four. That's right. So if you text the word mom to that phone number, you will get a link once a week to let you know that we have gone live. We do not bother you to let you know anything else. We are not um, spamming you and sending you, you know, there's nothing to buy for Mortgage Mom Radio. There is no specials to be had. There's no 30% off the next house that you want to buy down the corner. So uh, it is literally a text message once a week to let you know that we went live. And if you would like to get our phone app, you will also get the link to that if you text MOM to 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's W-E-L-E-N-D and the number 
four. So um, if you like podcast, if podcast is your thing, you can go back and you can listen to all of the episodes that we have done over the last almost five years. We started in July of 2016. So that is how long that this show has been running. And almost all of those episodes are on podcast as well. So however you like to listen, you can find us YouTube podcast or by radio over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, depending on what market that you are in. Yeah, all right. So for all of you guys uh, listening, watching, this is Mortgage Mom Radio. What do we do? We're giving you all of the education and information that we possibly can about all things real estate, mortgage related. So if you are looking to buy your first home, buy your second home, start an investment portfolio, refinance a home, pay off some debt, pay off some student loans, get rid of that mortgage insurance. This is the show for you. Don't go anywhere. Make sure that you guys are ready to give us your questions. If you're watching us live, give us a thumbs up, say hi, tell us you're there. Let us know in the feed that you guys are watching. We can see you, but we don't know who you are that's there and online. Um, we want you to participate. This is an interactive show. We want you to ask questions. More questions that we get, the better that the show is. Uh, let's see. We've got um, Franklin Max gets on. He says, good vibes. Franklin, so thank you for watching. Really, truly appreciate it. Again, this is all mortgage real estate anything you could possibly think of. If you have a question, you guys are out there, you're listening, you're watching, please put that into the stream. If you are listening on Saturday or Sunday by radio and you want to be interactive, you want to communicate, you want to ask your questions, number one, you can always do that by watching us do the show live from the studio. Obviously, uh, Heidi's on Zoom with me from her office in Arizona, but uh, we, we want you guys to join us live. If you have questions and you just can't get on, on Wednesday, you've got lots of ways to get a hold of us. Go to the website, go to mortgagemomradio.com, click on that appointment button and schedule yourself an appointment. If there is not a time or day that works for you, that is okay. Send me an email through the contact us form and I will make sure that I get you scheduled as somebody that can help you during a day and time that works best for you. You can send me an email to questions at mortgagemomradio.com. That comes directly to me and I'll get you all set up there as well. So just make sure if you are not on on Wednesday that you guys are sending your questions and we can get those answered for you. If you guys want to be on with us and get interactive, we would love that. Text the word mom to 844-935-3634. Heidi, what's that spell? We lend for you, W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. That's right. So text the word mom to that number. That is the same phone number to call our office. And no matter what you guys do, you can definitely get through to us. Go to mortgagemomradio.com. All right. So let's take a super fast break. And when we get back, today's episode is going to be kind of my catching up with mom piece of the pie. But we're going to talk all about <laughs> HOAs because to be honest with you, it was a great wake up call for me knowing what topics to bring up on this show. A lot of times has to do with what we're personally going through or what what we're seeing come across our desk quite frequently because things do roll and they change and guidelines change. But this is one, since we are a real estate show, a mortgage show, we're going to talk about HOAs today, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's take a super quick break and we'll be right back. She's the mortgage mom. Hi, this is Debbie Marcoux, host of the Mortgage Mom Radio Show. And what are we doing? Well, we're bringing you all the education and information you could need about all things real estate. Do you have mortgage insurance? Do you have an FHA loan? Could you be saving money monthly? Well, how do you find out? You give us a call. It's 844-935-3634. What's that spell? 
That's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's 844-W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. She can get things done when you're in need and don't know where to go. Pick up the phone and call mom. Debbie Marcuse, licensed by the Department of Financial Institutions, NMLS ID 237926. Also licensed in Arizona, 0941504. Florida, LO76508. Georgia, 69178. Idaho, Nevada, 57237. Oregon, Tennessee, 184373. Texas, Washington, MLO237926. All right, so welcome back. Again, this is Mortgage Mom Radio. I'm Debbie Marcoux. I'm the Mortgage Mom, and we have Heidi Slegelpoints on. She is my co-host and partner and the all-around everything for our team. She is absolutely amazing. So, Heidi, thank you for always doing this show with me. I know we gave you like a month off, but... (laughs) Yeah, count your a, blessings. It's not going to continue. <laughs> right. No, I enjoy doing the show. I know I always, you know, give you challenges over it, but I do have fun on the show. I know you do. I know you do. So we do have a question. We are going to talk about HOAs when we are done with questions, but we had a question come in. So we'll go ahead and we'll uh, take care of that first. And again, if you are listening on radio Saturday or Sunday, we do the show live on Wednesday. We take the sound and send it off to you guys to hear it on your radio station. If you want to be interactive, you want to ask questions, you want to be part of the show, you have to text the word mom to 844-935-3634. That's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's 844-W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. So Dolores' question comes in. She says, hi, all. Question, my primary home's mortgage does not show on my credit report. In fact, it never has. How will this impact my attempt to purchase a second home or an investment property? So that's a great question, and I love that. Uh, There are only a couple of reasons why somebody's mortgage would not show on their credit report. One being that maybe there was a bankruptcy and a lot of times the mortgage companies will stop reporting the mortgage at the point that you filed. That doesn't mean that Dolores has filed a bankruptcy. That's just one of the reasons why it wouldn't be on her credit report. Uh, A second reason would be as if you've got a private held mortgage. So if you have private money, maybe a um, friend, a, a family member, it's just not a big bank that is holding your note or your loan, and they may not actually report to the credit agencies. So uh, maybe Dolores uh, received a loan from a private lender. And a lot of people sometimes don't realize that they're getting a loan from a private lender, depending on who they went through or who they called when they got the mortgage. So there are very few times that we see that, but it definitely does come to play. Sometimes you inherit a loan. So if someone, uh, let's say that your parent passed away and the mortgage was in their name, and or maybe your you know spouse passed away and the mortgage was in their name not yours but you actually keep the home many times the mortgage company will turn that mortgage over to you but it's not actually reporting on the credit report so depending on what the situation is this just does come up and it's a great question so i'm going to read it again heidi and then i'm going to let you take it and then we'll just kind of talk more about it so um hi all question my primary home's mortgage does not show on my credit report in fact, it never has. How will this impact my attempt to per- my attempt to purchase a second home or investment property? So what would you say? Um, so I would say there's one other reason maybe why it doesn't. Okay. Is if maybe you did a mortgage jointly with a spouse or a loved one or anyone else, and maybe you ended up on title only, not actually on the loan. 
And I have actually had people come to me and they didn't realize they actually weren't on the loan. They were just on title and they've been making those payments. Okay. That's a, that's a great, great point. Absolutely. So what Uh, would you say to the impact to her on trying to get a second mortgage or an investment property? What would you say the mortgage not reporting to her credit report right now would be her impact? I know what I would say. I'm trying to see what you're going to say. So I guess it would depend on what your credit is, first of all, because we may or may not need that to report on your credit per se is maybe we don't need it to. So it depends on what your credit looks like. There may not be an impact. Okay. The other part is if it's not, we need it to report. You're keeping your current home. You're not selling it. We can go and we can call the lender and we can get a verification of mortgage payments, your mortgage history, and we can do what we call a credit supplement and we can have it added to your credit for a short term, which would only be for this loan. Right. And it's very simple. We just, you call your lender, you ask for a 12 month payment history. We get that information and we have a credit supplement done and we have it added. So I don't really see any impact to you whatsoever. As long as you've been making your payments, we can always work with that information. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say. So if we need, you know, a lot of times if you have a mortgage and it's paid on time and you've owned that mortgage for a good couple of years or longer, that's actually positive reporting to your credit bureau, which a lot of times is going to help you with a higher credit score. So depending on where your credit score is at, if you've already got a high credit score at, you know, 700 and above, 680 and above, you don't necessarily need that mortgage to be reporting. We are going to verify the mortgage because we have have to and you do need to have been making the payments on time so if we see that th- those mortgage payments have been paid late that is going to turn into a problem right even if it was reporting on your credit report if those p- payments are late that's going to be a problem so as long as the payments have been made on time and your credit scores in good shape there's going to be absolutely no impact it doesn't matter that it is not on the credit report right now so i i, I think that answers her question but uh if you have any further questions dolores or you want to know more or there's something more in detail that you'd like to add or ask, please feel free to do so. We're not going anywhere. We've got this show here for an hour. So we'll jump right back in again and continue going with your question. But thank you very much for asking that question. It does come up. There are people that do not have the loan on their mortgage or on their credit report for some particular reason. And we do have to get a credit rating always. We do have to know that the payments have been made on time in the last 12 months or you're possibly not going to qualify for the same mortgage if uh, that what we were talking about, not knowing that you had not made the payments on time. So remember that we don't know what we can't see. If we pull credit, the mortgage isn't there, your credit's perfect. And then all of a sudden we get a credit rating and it says that you've missed mortgage payments. Now we're talking about a completely different loan. So just keep that in mind. Um, okay. So Heather jumps on. She says, hi, everyone. Heather, thanks so much for watching. Appreciate it. And then we've got uh, Michelle H. She gets on. She says, why can't can't I get an appraisal waiver, even if there is so much equity in the house? So that's actually a fantastic question too. I love it. Many people call up and they say, well, is there any way to waive my appraisal? I just don't want to do one. My my mom didn't have to do one when she did her refinance or my sister didn't have to do one or my neighbor didn't have to do one. So it it's all about an algorithm. It has absolutely nothing to do with the lender. It's not me. Trust me, if I could do a waiver on every single loan that we have, I would waive every appraisal. As a salesperson, we want to waive the appraisal. I do not want to send an appraiser out to find anything. I don't want to send an appraiser out to possibly tell me that your house isn't 
wasn't as worth, it's not worth as much as what you told me it was, right? But it is all an algorithm. And it's all about the way that the computer system grabs the content, grabs the information that we have entered into the into the computer, and then it's giving us a response of a yes or no. Uh, it does have ways to verify most recent closings in your neighborhood. So it's going to see the value that we give you. It is going to check that. It is going to check your credit score. It is going to check your reserves. It is going to check your you know balances, your bank balances, your debt ratios. And it is an algorithm. And it is going to spit out waived or not waived. And that is how it is determined. So uh, if you have a loan officer that tells you, well, we're going to waive your appraisal, um, it, that's not accurate. It, it's not up to your loan officer. It is not up to your bank. It is up to the computer system. Is there anything else? That's a great question. Honestly, we get it all the time. Do you have anything else to add to that, Heidi? Anything that you might see more often as far as a, a waiver, maybe some ideas for somebody to get one? Uh, you know, it really, there are areas too. So market values, whether they're, you know, volatile or not at the time. So there are some that, yes, you have a lot of equity, your debt to income is great, but you're pulling out a lot of cash and, you know, the market is showing that it's starting to slow down. So that maybe you would have got a waiver six months ago, but you're not now because the system is seeing the market slowing down and you're going to pull out a significant amount of cash. So it's now going to not give you the waiver where maybe six months ago it would have. So we are seeing that the algorithm is changing from where it was six months ago, a year ago to where it is today. Um, when you're reasonable within the value, sometimes we see it, you know, sometimes when you go way over, you're not going to get it. When you come back a little bit more reasonable, you will get it. So you have to be careful on what you think your house is worth as well. Um, because when we put it in and it is far outside what the market is, it's not going to give it to you. So well, there, there are different things when you're putting in, um, that it will see, right. If your house is worth six fifty and I put in 900,000, it's not going to give you a waiver. Right. Right. We have to put in six fifty. <laughs> Yeah, so. it will exactly. And, and that's where I was going to go. I didn't want to cut you off. So that's why I kind of started and then I stopped. But, you know, the thing is, is that I want to make sure that a lot of people understand that we are not real estate agents. No. You know, I am a mortgage loan officer. Heidi is a licensed mortgage loan officer or originator. They call us mortgage loan originators, right? Uh, we are originators. We do mortgages for a living. We do not verify what your property value is. We do not do CMAs, which are competitive market analyses like a real estate agent would. We don't have access to the MLS. So to the multiple listing service, I can't type in your address, figure out what your tracked code is and pull comps around you to see what the most recent closed sales and listed properties are. I can't do that. I have the same tools at my disposal as you do as the consumer. So I can pull Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com. I can go to title and put in your address and look for homes that have closed with similar square footage within a one mile radius. But I'm not a realtor. I don't know what your house looks like. I don't know if you have a pool. I don't know if you're in great condition. I don't know if you've just recently renovated. I So I'm doing, I'm giving you my best professional guess as far as what I think your home is worth. So if you tell me your house is worth 900 and I say, well, it looks like 
Zillow saying you're more like 750 and then you come back and you say, yeah, but I've done all these upgrades and my neighbor sold and, and, and I, I know it's worth 900 and I put 900 in and I don't get a waiver. There's, I, I can't, I don't know. I can't fix that for you. Right. And the, the computer system you have to remember doesn't know if you just recently renovated or if the house next door that closed for 750 was a dog house and yours is beautiful. They don't, it doesn't know that. So there's gonna be a lot of reasons why we don't get that waiver, but I want to make sure that I throw that out there as well is that we are not uh, licensed real estate agents. We, we cannot pull comps and say, you know, without a doubt, this is what we would say your home is valued at. This is where your appraisal will come in at. We have to give you our very best educated guess from being in the business for a long period of time and having a good understanding of where the market's at and what we expect to see based on the tools that we have to try to do the research. So I think that's really important for people to understand as well. Um, let's see. So Larry jumps on. Larry says, great job. Larry, thanks so much. Appreciate that. We miss you. We haven't had you on in a couple of weeks. Uh, he says, if the property value is over a million, Fannie Mae does not allow waivers. And Larry is right. So that is a good thing to know as well. Everybody listening. Thanks for throwing that in there. Our mortgage dad. That is absolutely true. Uh, the other thing is like you were talking about, Heidi, 99% of the time, I do not see that we get a waiver when someone is trying to do a cash out. And 99% of the time, I do not see us get a waiver if you have bought your home within the last 12 months. So many times, if you've just recently bought your home, we won't see that waiver. Now, I'm not telling you that it never happens. I'm just saying this is what we see on average that will take place. Uh, Michelle jumps back in. She says, can you be on the loan as a co-signer and quit claim deed later? If so, are you still on the loan? So that's a great question. So this is, um, we're gonna get to that in one second, Michelle, so don't go anywhere. So let's take a super quick uh, water break and we'll come back and we'll start answering Michelle's questions. She's the mortgage mom. Hi, this is Debbie Marcoux, host of the Mortgage Mom Radio Show. And what do we do? Well, we'll bring you all the education and information that you need to know about selling your home, refinancing your property. How do we save you money? Well, do you have mortgage insurance? Do you have a conventional loan that you put down less than 20%? An FHA loan? Well, let's get rid of it. Prices are up and rates are down. Give us a call. It's 844-935-3634. What's that spell? It's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's 844 we L-E-N-D, and the number four. Pick up the phone and call mom. Debbie Marcuse, licensed by the Department of Financial Institutions, NMLS ID 237926, also Manny decided he was CEO of Debbie and Heidi, which was quite funny. Um, yes. But yes, we have got <laughs> Heidi Slegle points on with us today. She is my number one know everything gal. Go to her when I get stumped. So if you guys have questions, start asking her. If you want uh -huh. to, <laughs> if you want to partake in the show, you want to be interactive, you want to ask questions like Michelle and Dolores and Drew and have uh, today, please follow along. Text the word mom to 844 935 
3634. That's 844-WE-LEND for you. That's W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. Text the word mom to that number. You'll get a link once a week to click on when we do go live. And that way you can watch the show and interact. If you are watching on Saturday or Sunday and you have a question that you want to ask, you can't get us live because this is pre-recorded. but you can send me an email to questions at mortgagemomradio.com. You can also go to our website, mortgagemomradio.com, and you can click on the appointment button and you can set yourself up with an appointment to speak with one of our loan officers. If there is not a day and time that works for you, because there are opportunities there Monday through Sunday, we have it seven days a week that you can schedule an appointment to talk. If you don't see a time and day that works for you, please send me the email and let me know that you've got an odd schedule and that you need help. And I will make sure that we get somebody that is available to speak with you when you need it. So please don't hesitate. Don't be shy. If you guys like the video, you like the content, you like the information, please give us a thumbs up and please subscribe to the channel. That helps our algorithm and it helps us get more information out to more people who have questions and need the education. So with that said, let's jump into uh, Michelle's question. She says, can you be on the loan? So I'm sure she's talking about mortgage as a co-signer and quick claim deed later. Yes. The answer would be yes. You can absolutely quit claim off any time you want. If so, are you still on the loan? Yes, you are on the loan forever until that loan has been refinanced. So Heidi, I'll let you kind of jump on that because that's what you were just talking about as we were, Dolores had asked my, you know, my, my credit or my mortgage isn't reporting to my credit, you know, even right. though. I've had this mortgage. And what you said was, give it to us. I said, sometimes you may apply for a loan with a, you know, a co-signer or something, and maybe you're not on the loan you're just on title. So what Michelle, Michelle, correct. Yep. Is talking it. about is really the opposite, right? Co-signing for somebody and then quick claiming off of title. What that would mean is you don't actually have rights to the home, but you are fully responsible for that loan until you have re that person that you co-signed for has refinanced by themselves and you have now gone off the loan. Yeah. So, so make sure that you do understand what the differences are. It is one thing. If you are on title, you are an owner of that home, regardless of whether or not you are on the mortgage or not. And if you are not on title, you are not an owner of the home, even if you are on the loan. So you are not going to get rid of that loan responsibility when the mortgage company needs you to co-sign for the person that you agreed to do that with. They required your income to qualify. And that means that you are taking responsibility if that person does not make a payment that you are going to jump in and you are going to help and make that payment or help them make that payment. And that is what is going to keep that loan in good standing. So keep that in mind, please, everybody that's listening. Another thing to keep in mind is when you have ownership of a home, and I'm going to throw this at you, Heidi, because I know you know the answer. Uh-huh. I call you up and I say, Heidi, I want to apply for a mortgage and... um you know, I, I don't own any, I don't own any properties. I'm, I'm not, I don't have any mortgages or anything, but, um, but I, I, I am on title of the house with my parents. My parents put me on because they just felt more comfortable with that in case something happened with them. So, you know, but I, I haven't owned a house before. So can I get that first time home buyer loan? No, you cannot. 
because you are on title of a home. So you technically own a property. Okay. And my parents don't have a mortgage against the property. So, you know, there's, there's no, there's no harm, no foul, right? It doesn't matter. I'm, there's, there's nothing that's going to hurt me in qualifying because my name's on the title of their house, right? Well, they would have property taxes and homeowners insurance if they carry insurance, right? Which they're not required to do because they don't have a mortgage. But if they carry insurance and then carry property taxes, then we would either need to hit you for that debt, or we're going to have to prove that your parents out of their account that you are not on have been paying those property taxes and the homeowner's insurance for a minimum of the last 12 months. Right. So I don't make those payments. I don't pay the taxes. I don't pay the insurance. My parents do. So, so why, why do you have to hit me for that debt? Right. And that's what right. a lot of people think. And, Correct. you know, we, we can try to prove that mom and dad have been making those payments and not have to hit you for what that monthly would actually break down to. If they've been making that payment, we're going to try to do that. But yep. because you are an owner of that home at the end of the day, mortgage or no mortgage, them, they pay it or they do not. The end mm -hmm. of the day, you still, as an owner of the home, have a responsibility now to the government to make those property taxes, right? To pay the, that bill. So if they don't pay it, you're still on the hook. You're still responsible. So, right. you know, I want to make sure that everybody is is hearing that, that, you know, and, and many times, and I get it, families do that for protection, right? They don't want to end up in probate court. They want to make sure that the, that the home goes to their son or their daughter. And so in their mind, they're feeling like that is the best direction to go, but it, it necessarily, it, it might not be the best direction to go, you know? Correct really a great direction to go if you want to make sure that your kids get your home is a trust. Your parent, right. your kids are the beneficiaries of the trust. Your kids are going to get that home, but it doesn't take away their first time buyer opportunity and it doesn't make them responsible for the property taxes and insurance while that home is still outstanding, you know, while you're still living and, you know. Right. Where, where you don't actually have any, you know, technical rights to the home. You're not living in the home. You don't actually in your eyes own that home because your parents do and they just put it on there for a safety reason. Um, and we get that question all the time Yeah, and people are very frustrated and, and we understand it, but you do legally own a percentage of that home. However, that title is written up, you do own that home. So if we cannot prove that the other party is making those payments, whatever they are, the mortgage, the taxes, the insurance, then we do have to hit you for that debt. Yep, absolutely. So I thought that was great. Again, Michelle, thank you so much for the question. This this show is only as good as the questions that come in and we love it when you guys get interactive. So please, again, you guys follow us, subscribe, know when we go live, uh, you know, text the word mom to 844-935-3634. That's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. Spell it for us, Heidi. W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. Ah, oh, she's so good at that. All right, so let's take a quick break and then we are going to come back and we're going to talk about Debbie's catching up with mom, the good, the bad, and the ugly about HOAs, uh, AKA homeowners associations. So we'll be right back. She's a mortgage mom. Hi, this is Debbie Marcoux, host of the Mortgage Mom Radio Show. Have you been thinking about buying an investment property? Maybe you own an investment property and wanted to get some cash out, but you have a hard time showing your income to qualify. That's okay. We've got programs for that. Give us a call. Get your phone consultation. Get on the books. It's 
844-844-3634. That's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. She can get things done When you're in need and don't know where to go Pick up the phone and call mom Debbie Marcuse, licensed by the Department of Financial Institutions, NMLS ID 237926. Also licensed in Arizona, 0941504. Florida, LO76508. Georgia, 69178. Idaho, Nevada, 57237. Oregon, Tennessee, 184373. Texas, Washington, MLO237926. All right. Well, welcome back. I am Debbie Marcoux, and this is Heidi Sluggle Points, and we are Mortgage Mom Radio, and we are bringing you all of the education and information that you need to know about all things real estate and mortgage. So if you guys have questions, please put them in the feed. We'd love to answer them for you. That is what makes this show so great is that we are interactive. You got to watch us do it every Wednesday live on YouTube. We are on at 1 p.m. Pacific time, and you guys will know that we go live when you get your text message once a week. So just text the word mom to 8 844-935-3634. That's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. So I have to say this. I have to throw it out there. Number one, happy Thanksgiving to everybody next week. We are not on. We go dark on all of the holiday weeks. So we will not have a show next week. Next Wednesday, we next are week? dark. Can you believe it? I think um, it but- was just the first. I know. I know it's insane. All right. So welcome back again. This is Mortgage Mom Radio. We want you guys to be interactive. If you like the show, you're watching us live, please give us a thumbs up on the video. We really appreciate that. It does help us with the algorithm. It helps us come up first in the feed. The more people that we get to watch the show, the better that we are. So it truly does help us. Please do that. So, okay. So HOAs, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot of people come to us. How many times have you heard it, Heidi? And they say, uh, you say, okay, so, you know, I'm pre-qualifying you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the numbers ready to go. And, you know, do you think that you're going to be buying a home in an area with an HOA? And so HOA, again, for those that don't know, stands for a homeowners association. So if you live in an area with a homeowners association, there is a monthly fee typically that you'll pay. Sometimes we'll see them quarterly or annually. It depends on how many amenities that the HOA is offering. If you're in a condo or a townhome attached units, they're usually going to have a monthly homeowners association fee that is significantly higher than uh, what you'd see in a single family home in an association. But maybe that single family home is guard gated or it's you know a gated community. So then those might be a little bit more expensive. So that is what the homeowners association is. That is what we're talking about right now. And what I want to talk about is not their fee, right? Everybody knows if they want to buy a house in an area that has an association, do they want to pay the fee? Do they not? Do they want access to the pools? Do they want access to the parks? Do they want access here in Valencia to the Paseo systems, right? Uh, All of those things are going to be part of that great HOA, right? Yep. But what is the good and the bad of the ugly? Why do people want to live in an HOA? Why do people not want to live in an HOA? And why do I want to talk about an HOA? So, right. So I just recently bought a house. We lived in a home that had an HOA. No problem. We, we, I'm all about it. I prefer a homeowners association for reasons such as, you know, I took a walk the other day and a lot of times we'll take a walk in a different direction um, than the most preferred because we are trying to keep our five-year-old from seeing the park because we want to get our exercise walk in, right? right? So we're going a direction that we wouldn't usually go, which takes us into a neighborhood that doesn't have a homeowners association. And we run past a beautifully just, compl- I mean, 
done immaculately, a, a, a home that was just repainted, right? I mean, it's right. beautiful job. They, I mean, they they did a great job on the paint, perfect lines. Everything is, you know, the color is all matching. It was done nice. There's no blotches, no spills, right? But right. it is it is literally blueberry blue. And the trim is not white. Uh, the trim is like the brightest chalky baby blue that you've ever seen. So you got right. a blue, blueberry blue and a baby blue trim and uh, a table outside that's got ashtrays and cigarette packs and, you know, things of that nature all sitting out in front of your house, out in front of the front door. And, you know, a, a, an HOA is not going to allow, allow that, right? The HOA is right. going to make you keep your home within certain colors. An HOA is going to make you not have uh, a folding table and chairs sitting in your front lawn. You got to put that in your backyard. I'm not, I have nothing against anybody smoking. I have nothing against ashtrays. I have nothing against it. Do what you want to do. I'm all about it. Not, I'm, I'm not crazy. Um, but does it belong in your front yard where people are driving past? Some people don't care and they live in a, a place that doesn't have an association fee. Other people are picky and they care like me. I care. I don't want to see that. I live in an area with an association who are not going to allow that. It's also not going to allow you to paint a blueberry blue. They are going to make you paint specific colors that are approved to keep all of the homes looking the same. So you may not want to live in an area that everybody looks the same, right? Right. Anything else that you can think of, Heidi, that would be an association? Why, you know, what is going on with an association? Like, what are they allowing, not allowing, things of that nature? I, I really feel like this is important for people to understand because I think they hear HOA and they hear money. Right. Some HOAs also manage the grounds, right? So maybe not your, like if you're in a house in an HOA, they may not manage your lawn, but they do manage all of the public areas. So the trees are being trimmed, the grass is being mowed, trash is being picked up. So you have a very clean, neat neighborhood. Um, they're also managing whether or not people are parking cars that are broken down for any extended amount of time or people that don't live in the neighborhood coming and parking their car there and walking across the street. And trust me, I have seen people park in one neighborhood and walk two blocks over because they don't have any parking in their neighborhood. That doesn't happen typically in an HOA because they do manage it. You do kind of register your vehicles and who lives there and who doesn't. Cars have to be moved. Um, you can't park. I RVs think it's yeah. and boats. Right. So just it's it's managing to keep everything nice and neat and clean. Right. And a lot of times HOAs have pools and they've got tennis courts or they've got rec rooms or just all depends. So they are managing to maintain those facilities. So like me, I love having a pool. But when I first lived in my condo, like I couldn't afford a house. Couldn't afford a house with a pool, that was for sure. So it was nice to have a place that was maintained. You couldn't, you know, I'll give an example of my condo. I lived on the bottom floor. So, you know, when you have someone live above you, it can be very noisy, but in my HOA, you couldn't put in hardwood floors if you lived on the second floor to help with the noise. Right. So there were certain things like that, where you're not living in an apartment where you have no control over someone banging on the floor above you. Right. Right. So some of those things are the positives for sure.
Right. And and absolutely the the positives, you know, for example, again, same neighborhood, we walk across the street, we're in the neighborhood without the HOA. And there is a home that has been under construction for about nine months now. I've kind of been watching because we take a walk every day. And, right. you know, there's an Andy Gump sitting out front, you know, for those of you that don't know what Andy Gump is in a state not California, um, that is like a porta potty, right? So there's a porta potty out front because they're doing construction to the home. And there is an RV that is parked in the cul-de-sac and it has been parked there for about nine months. And there are people living in that RV. Maybe it's the people that are renovating their home. Sure. But if you were in an HOA area, they're not going to allow you to keep that RV at the end of the cul-de-sac for nine months. They're not going to allow people to live inside of that RV at the end of the cul-de-sac. And I got to tell you, the home construction doesn't look like it's moved along much in the last nine months. It looks like it's in the same place as where it started. Uh, so, you know, that's the other thing too, is in an HOA, they are going to give you approve the plans of what you want to do for your construction. And then they are going to give you a particular amount of time to make sure that you complete those plans so that that home is not torn up for nine months, a year, two years, right? You've got a certain period of time to get that done because again, they're trying to keep the neighborhood looking nice, clean, tight, and neat, right? Right. So some of the positives, right? Um, so uh, Michelle actually jumped on and she's got a great question, but I'm going to get back to it because it's kind of off kilter from the HOA. So we'll finish that first and then go back to Michelle's question. Um, but Ronnie jumps on and she says, we lived in an HOA. It's not bad, but where does the money go to? And she said there were, there were no pools or parks. So that is a really great question, Ronnie. So it depends on uh, where you lived. Obviously, I don't know what subdivision that you lived in and what you guys did have. She's saying there's no pools, there's no parks. But many times the HOAs will also cover depending on where you live. I lived in Illinois. We didn't have pools. We didn't have parks, but we had an HOA fee, but it covered snow removal from the streets. Um, it covered gardening. So if there's any common area of any kind, if there are tree lined streets that people don't own, it's not their front yard. It's not their side yard. It's not their yard. It is the communities. They are, you know, keeping that up. You've got water, you've got gardeners, you've got everything to maintain, you know, trimming and all of that in those things. Um, so it just depends. I can't speak for your community that you were in or what exactly it was uh, that they were maintaining or taking care of. But most of the time, there are common areas that do have to be maintained. And that is what that fee is going towards. Um, so, you know, what are the, 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 the bad about an HOA, right? Let's get into that. So, yep. you know, for me, I lived in an area that we just sold the home. It was an HOA. We had approved paint scheme. As long as you picked an approved already paint scheme, it even has, you know, the name of the company and the color of the paints. And as long as you do the approved paint scheme, you don't need to get anybody's permission to do it. You just go ahead and repaint that house because it needs it. Um, if you wanted to replant flowers or you wanted to replant, you know, remove a tree and put in a tree there, as long as you were sticking within the, you know, neighborhoods look right their their approved plant list, then you were fine. Do what you need to do to maintain and upkeep your home. So I move into a new area with an HOA and I don't think anything of it and shame on me. I, you know, I, I get a spanking for it, but 
I did not read the rules. I saw the approved plant list and we had, you know, sprinklers that weren't working. So I had to get those fixed and we had some grass that was dead and some bushes that were dead and some trees that were hitting the roof and were going to eventually start to, you know, hurt the structure of the home. And so I went ahead and looked at my approved list and thought I was being this really good girl and pulled everything out and put everything in brand new. And I got called to a hearing (laughs) and I've owned the home for two weeks and I had to go in and I had to explain what I did. And apparently I was supposed to, you know, let the HOA know in advance what my plans were, what was I pulling out, what was I replacing with the, the exact plants, the names, how many, how big, how many gallons, right? I would have never in a million years thought that I had to actually get permission to replace something exactly where something else already was using the, you know, list of here are the ones that are allowed, right? So um, that's one of the downsides. I can't change my front door. I can't change my side gates without getting permission. I have to send a, a, you know, I have to fill out a form, send it in, send a picture of what it is that I'm wanting to change it to. And I do have to wait for them to come back to me and say, yes, you have our approval to go ahead and do that. And then I'm going to have a particular amount of time that I have to get all of the repairs done within. So it's not something that can stretch over time. Once they say go, I have to get it done. So that would be, I would say, some of those downsides to living in that HOA. You know, and every HOA is different. So I'll tell you, like when we were looking at house out here, we found a couple that we just absolutely were in love with. And the cost of the HOA was not a problem. HOAs out here are very, very minimal payments. But as I was reading through the HOAs, some were like, okay, we, we could probably deal with that. No big deal. And then others, I was like, no, no way. Like we would get in so much trouble all the time. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, and they are, they are all very different. And so yeah. it is just very important for people to understand what HOAs are, what do they do? And like Heidi said, the biggest thing is, is that every single HOA is different. So again, here I am, the mortgage mom. I think that I know everything. And I assume <laughs> that if I want to replant the front yard, make it bre- make it better, fix the sprinklers, make the home look better than it did before. And I stick to the approved plant list from my HOA documents that I'm fine. Well, I didn't read the, the fine print that said any change, landscape right. or hardscape, must be approved by the HOA prior to. So every single HOA is going to be different. If you're thinking that you like that idea of an HOA and you want to live in an HOA, you will get your HOA documents. Read them, read them, read them to make sure that you are comfortable and you know what you're going into. They can restrict different kinds of dogs, dog size, dog breeds. They can restrict different kinds of animals. No, you can't have goats at your house, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not saying that maybe a goat is an approved one. I don't know. But just make sure that you are reading and that you understand so that you don't end up being called to a hearing like I was, <laughs> right? Um, which, you know, at the end of the day, they understood. I didn't do it on purpose. I was trying to follow the rules. They were very understanding, you know, but, it, you know, that could have gone a lot differently had I not done that. I didn't read, you know, I didn't necessarily read enough. I didn't necessarily understand it completely, but I had at least enough education to know that I needed to make sure that I was putting in the right Right, plant the life, right, right landscape. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so we did have uh, Michelle jump on. She said, my HOA has no pools, no tennis courts, nothing. 
all our owners hire their own gardeners. No house looks bad. How often HOA can increase the fees? So she's asking how often can they increase the fees? How do I get to talk to um, someone above the manager who is uh, who is not right? So, okay. So number one, again, H all HOAs are different. Your fees are based on what they are maintaining and what they are taking care of. Even if you don't have any pools, tennis courts, parks, there might be other things such as security patrol that just drives around during the day. And in the evening, that's a cost. It could be something maybe you guys, uh, and, and I don't know, right? It, every, I cannot answer right. that question because I don't know where you live or what your HOA is doing. They, are, they might be doing nothing more than making sure that they are doing weekly checks, that everybody's home is in good shape, that your mailboxes aren't rusted out, that your paint doesn't need to be touched up, that you're not leaving garage doors wide open, you're not parking cars on your front lawn, you don't have an RV sitting outside the front, right? They might just be managing to make sure that you're not painting the house purple or black or whatever that color is that is not approved for your neighborhood. So, you know, I can't say what your HOA is doing. As far as how often can they increase the fee HOAs increase they, they do an annual budget review all HOAs do and they make sure that they have enough money in the budget to be covering all of the expenses as we all know especially right now with where the economy is at there is inflation prices go up security patrol goes up water cost goes up electricity goes up Everything that it costs to maintain the common area or whatever it is that your HOA is maintaining goes up every year. So they are going to not just do a budget for the year, but they also do a reserve study, which is to make sure that there is enough money in case they don't collect enough that they can go into that to take from the savings. They're also making sure in condominiums and townhomes where you've got shared structures like a roof that they are putting enough to the side every month that when that roof needs to be replaced, they have the funds to jump in and do that. They're not going back to every single homeowner and saying, oh, sorry, Annie up 10 grand. That is what the goal is of the budgeting. Now, sometimes you'll see a special assessment be given to each homeowner. Sometimes it's for repairs that weren't expected. Sometimes they didn't budget enough for that upcoming repair that they, you know, they, they, underestimated it, but uh, they are going to do that once a year. And HOAs are literally what they're called, homeowners associations. They are run by the homeowners of the of the area. So if you don't like something that's going on in your association, you want to understand more, you want to be part of it, go to your meetings, go to your homeowners association meetings. They are required to send you out once a year, the budget and all of the information that is going on inside of your association. So get involved and be part of it. And that's going to help you to know who to go to, who to call and exactly what's going on and why are your fees going up get involved with your association. It's run by the homeowners and you are a homeowner. So you have that right. Um, all right. So Michelle says um, space is limited. That's why I had to word it as such. Otherwise it won't let me send uh, manager is the only contact we were given. So, you know, again, you've, you've got an, uh, there's an association manager. There's an association person that takes care of the um, budget and financials, like a treasurer. There's all kinds of different uh, people that are assigned in the committee, two different functions of the HOA. Again, the biggest the biggest piece of advice that I can give you, Michelle, is get involved. Go go to the next association meeting. Meet the people that are running it. 
and learn, talk to them, make friends. Best thing you can do is have a smile on your face when you walk in there. Uh, that's, that's mom's piece of advice for the day. <laughs> do you, did you have anything you want to add to that, Heidi? The only thing I would say is unless Michelle lives in one of the very small associations where it's like a four unit, six unit, 10 unit, and they literally have one person running it, there should have been documentation when you purchase the home and every single year, they should be sending you an updated budget package. And on there, they may be a manager, but they are maybe a management company. There may be someone else and they should have a local office. I have to tell you, when I lived in HOA, I actually went to the local office and said, I want to speak to someone above the person I've been speaking to because this isn't working for me. Yeah. And they don't really have a choice at that point. You've walked in and now you're going to sit down and someone's going to talk to you. So in, if Michelle, you live in one of the very small, like, you know, two to four units, six units, eight units, then it's a little bit more limited. And at that point you have to start talking to, there's normally one to two people that run it. And at that point, you are just going to have to speak with him and see who else is helping him Yeah, and tell him you need your CCNRs, you need your doc, your budget documents, because they're still required to have those. Right. Absolutely. So um, short story is the mortgage mom got in trouble with the HOA. Uh, don't let yourself get in trouble as well. HOAs are great. I love them. Heidi doesn't like them. She hates them. Um, she doesn't live in one. I do. I don't want uh, somebody living out of their motor home for nine months at the end of my cul-de-sac. Heidi doesn't care if that happens. Totally kidding. Heidi wants oh, to- Oh, I do. Uh, <laughs> That's why I said totally kidding. Um, Heidi wants to yeah. paint her house uh, blueberry blue or doesn't care if her neighbor wants to do that. I do. So it's all about you. Neither one is bad or better or good or worse. It is truly opinion. That is why there are homes with HOAs. There are homes without. It is where you want to live. It is your own personal preference. But don't get in trouble for doing something wrong. If you want to live in an HOA, read it. You are given those HOA documents when you are buying the home. Take the time, even though they're like 400 pages long, and read them. You may find something in there that just does not work for you and your family. Maybe there's a limit to how many cars can be parked in front of your home on the street. Maybe there is a limit to the weight. Uh, that was the first thing that I went to. I had to make sure that my 135 obese dog, um, 30, 135 pound obese Newfoundland uh, was going to be allowed because you just don't know. There there are different right. things there. You know, maybe you have a pit bull or a Doberman. And right. although I love those, we've owned them in our you know family for many years. And so have you, Heidi, yeah. uh, you know, some associations will actually say no to the breed. So yeah, or to them. the breeds, many of them. So again, yeah. just make sure that you are reading those. It is very, very, very important. And even though you're absolutely in love with that home, there could be something inside of it that would make you choose to not live in an association area. So, um, Michelle says, uh, no, not, a, not small neighborhood. The manager just blocks all contacts besides her, but I will go to the HOA meetings, as you said. And honestly, Michelle, I think that's your best bet. If you go yeah. over there, if you go to a meeting, there's nothing she can block. You get to see the whole board. You get to see everybody that's on there. You get to speak your mind. You get to meet them. You get to um, get to know them. You can ask them for their phone numbers. You can get more detailed information. So get involved. And I think that that's going to help you a lot to, you know, be able to, to maybe live there a little bit more comfortably if there's something happening that, you know, you can't get the information you need. And ask for a copy of your CCNRs in your budget. Yeah. 
absolutely get those CCNRs. So, um, so we are going to call it a day for our radio um, people. So if you guys are listening Saturday and Sunday, you guys want to be interactive, you want to ask questions, you want to follow along, all things real estate, education and information, all mortgage information, please follow along. Text the word mom to 844-935-3634. That will give you a link once a week to know that we went live. We want you guys to be involved, interactive, put your questions into the feed. We want you to be there. We want you to ask. It makes our show better. Um, so we're going to actually call it a day for this this show by radio. So we're going to go back. We're going to stay on YouTube, um, but we are going to uh, sign off for radio. So we hope you guys all have a fantastic weekend and we'll be right back. She's a mortgage mom. She can get things done when you're in need and don't know where to go. Pick up the phone and call mom. Debbie Marcuse, licensed by the Department of Financial Institutions, NMLS ID 237926. Also licensed in Arizona, 0941504. Florida, LO76508. Georgia, 69178. Idaho, Nevada, 57237. Oregon, Tennessee, 184373. Texas, Washington, MLO237926. She's a mortgage mom. Hi, this is Debbie Marcoux, host of the Mortgage Mom Radio Show. Hey, are you self-employed? Have you been wanting to buy a home or thinking about refinancing, but you've just got a problem showing us your income? Hey, guess what? We've got programs for that. Give us a call. It's 844-935-3634. That's 844-WE-LEND-FOR-YOU. That's 844-W-E-L-E-N-D and the number four. She can get things done when you're in need and don't know where to go. Pick up the phone and call mom.